This is Preggers Can Be Choosers, the fourth and more postpartum support group where we offer peer-to-peer support for each other. We would love to have you join in the conversation live every other Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? Signed up for text alerts to join us at T-A-P-I-T dot U-S backslash J-D-O-A-5. Are you listening and finding this podcast helpful? Let us know on our Facebook page at Pruggers Can Be Choosers or become a supporter at anchor.fm backslash PCBC backslash support. Need someone to talk to now? The Postpartum International or PSI Warm Line is 1-800-944-4PPD or 1-800-944-4773. We love you and you are not alone. This is Rowan Two Sisters with Preggers Can Be Choosers, and we're jumping in fast and furious because we have Bev with us right now, and she's one of our people of interest and people we're taking, postpartum people we're taking care of, and she might have to bounce off the call, so we're going to get Bev first. Bev, hit it. Hey, I'm Bev. Um, I have four kids, and life is crazy right now. Can't get really like any moment to myself it's hard um i don't i don't know what to say right now i guess i'm i'm doing better than i was last week but um i'm still really struggling and i feel completely overwhelmed i've been feeling lately like i'm i think i said this last week but i'm feeling a lot like um like I was when I, you know, those first postpartum weeks where everything is just like super raw and like open and um, overwhelming. That's how I've been feeling lately. I don't know why. Well, I do know why a lot of it is because I'm switching antidepressants and it's kind of a longer process than I thought it was going to be. But so I'm just really like, I'm struggling with like taking care of myself mostly because my nine month old is like not sleeping. Um, So like I'm not getting any sleep and then I'm taking care of four kids during the day and, and we're all exhausted from this pandemic and like not being able to go anywhere or see people we love. And um, so, but I, um, I really appreciate this group. I can't even say that enough. I just, Every week, I feel like I'm just waiting for Tuesday to come along um, to see all of y'all. So, yeah, like I said, I don't. I'm probably gonna be like <clears throat> putting my phone down a lot, but I'll have my my um, headphones on the whole time so I can hear. Can we do a check in on? Are you drinking water? Are you taking your supplements and medication? And are you eating? Those are the, and I know that we talked about sleeping and you're doing the best you can with that, but those are the things I always like, if you're postpartum or you're going through a breakup or whatever, I always want ask the same things, eating, water, you know, nutrition and uh, supplements, medication. Um, I'm doing better about drinking water. I'm having trouble eating food because of my medication. Um, I'm doing the best I can. Um, I'm not taking any supplements right now, which I totally should be since I'm like not able to eat as much food. Uh, um, I forgot what else was there. I'm do I'm trying to do better about drinking water. And then of course, you know, the sleep is shit right now, but I'm just like hoping that'll be better in like a month from now. How about watching something funny on TV? Um, I do that when I can. I don't have like a whole lot of time to just like sit and chill and watch TV, but I do like take, you know, when I have even a little bit of time, can you give me one minute? Oh my God. I, I'm a, I'm a YouTube lover and I love just like sitting and watching YouTube videos. It could be, I'd watch so many YouTube videos about so many things. So like even when I'm busy. I try to like 
put on a YouTube video and whether it's funny or just, you know, information or whatever it is, I, I do try and do that for myself to, you know. Okay, someone's crying, so hold on. Okay. Dr. V, you want to introduce yourself and then we'll go to Maggie? Certainly. I'm Dr. Blythe, two sisters. I am the mental health something or another director, I guess, at Fraggers Can Be Choosers. And I have a over-exploding private practice. Um, what is going on? Oh, my big announcement. So, uh, well, two. Um, I am going to be hiring someone to help me in my practice, like another mental health provider. Um, hopefully someone who's trying to get their hours after they got their doctorate, because that's really tricky between graduate school um, and then getting fully licensed. So I like to help people on that journey as um, kind of navigating a person being called doctor and not feeling like a doctor because they don't have all their paperwork done with the state and stuff. So helping that journey and then they'll help me with my patient load, which is always uh, so big. And my other exciting personal news is I rented a studio apartment in Marfa, Texas, that I will be living here and there part-time. And my sister gets to go, and now we can go whenever we want to go, and we don't have to like plan ahead. Um, so it gives us a lot of flexibility, and I am over the moon about it. So good thing happening here, which in a big fat cave of darkness, it looks pretty bright. And we've been talking about how that might be the look from now on that people, instead of having a travel um, budget, if for those who can, who have the privilege to have a travel budget, that they do find a ratty second house somewhere and spend their time working on that. Like back to the, what we used to see a hundred years ago, if you had a lake house or you had a cabin or you had this or that. So it was a way to go and have a break and have a change of scenery and let kids run around and whatever, um, or join up other family members, you know, in a way where, you know, like, maybe I'm wrong, but I've seen cabins where I'm like, oh, are you sure this is inhabitable? Where people are like, oh, this is our second place or whatever, where if that was your primary place, you'd be like, oh, I don't think so. But when it's a second place or whatever, then people are much more open to it. So I'm thinking that that's what um, vacations and travel and those types of things might look like moving forward is having a second place somewhere. The other thing Dr. Blythe and I were talking about is how houses might change. We're having an outdoor space is way bigger than it used to be, like, um, like that it will be much more like you'll have friends who can come do the side yard and you'll have a bathroom that's dedicated to an outside space or whatever. So I was thinking about that. So anyways, but that's exciting news at our house is that Dr. Blythe is renting an apartment in Marfa. And we have so much stuff in our house that we're already like furnishing it. And then stuff that's not going to the Marfa apartment is now going outside in the front of our yard, which we call the A1A garage sale. So I'm like, we could take that to the apartment. I'm like, no. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's going to go in the front yard for somebody else to have it because I'm tired of looking at it. So you look at how cavalier I am with other people's stuff and my own, by the way. Okay, Maggie, how about you? And then it looks like uh, Keisha has joined us too. Um, I'm Maggie. I'm, I think, two weeks postpartum. I didn't get much sleep last night. Um, my baby has lots of gas, I guess. I don't know. He screamed for hours from like three to like six. And finally I woke up Michael and said, Hey, I need you to walk this baby around. Um, and that lasted for like 30 minutes and then I was up again. So a little tired today. I'm really excited for, um, your Marfa adventure, Dr. B. That's pretty exciting. I've never been to Marfa, but like I told Rowan, I love that show. I love Dick on HBO. So I've always wanted to go to Marfa just because of that show. I just thought it was so hilarious and so eccentric. Um, we are doing, I have a lot of things going on this week, but I'm not even going to focus on them today because I want to check in with Bev and everyone else. And my son is trying to watch TV right next to me. So, um, I don't know. I'm tired. Happy to be here. Yeah.
Keisha, baby, you want to check in with us and tell us how you're doing? Yeah, I definitely forgot how to work it. So I was like trying to figure it out. And I'm like, yeah, this is embarrassing because I'm not that old. I just don't know how to work Zoom. But um, I'm doing pretty okay. Um, I am Keisha and I don't even know. I think I'm one week postpartum. Seven, 14, exactly one week. And um, breastfeeding is going well. Um, baby's doing well. I'm trying to figure out how to um, wrap him so that way he can still feel close to me and then I can still kind of like move around. So that's the task of the week. And then um, mentally doing pretty good, working on boundaries, which is hard for me to set. It's really hard for me to set boundaries with people. But um, so I had like a couple of like anxiety attacks this week, but just because people just continue to disrespect my boundaries because they don't care. But it's okay because I'm going to learn, uh, especially going to be a little bit more assertive about that since my son is here. And, um, you know, he can't advocate for himself, so I got to do so. But other than that, pretty good. And my hair looks like Maui from It's Ridiculous. Sorry about that. Well, you look pretty good to me. So we don't really have a topic for today. And Bev checked in a little bit before we started. I don't know. Is she even here? No, we dropped her. Oh, there she is. She's frozen though. Okay. So what do we want to talk about? Like is getting sleep a thing? We can talk about that. We can talk about how to, um, what should be going on that first week of postpartum, that first two weeks of postpartum. Like we, we don't have a topic for today. We're just mostly free flow. Adila texted and said that she's not going to be able to jump in today because she's at an appointment that's taking too long. So, or not, it's taking longer than expected. So we won't get her birth story today. But is there something else that somebody wants to hop on a topic? Maggie, I think it might be good if we talked a little bit about what you were looking at that I was helping you with earlier um, for people who maybe um, might be having a parallel experience. So, but only if you want to share that. Are you talking about my stitches? Okay, cool. So I have really uncomfortable stitches and I was having this horrid smell. Like I could literally smell myself when I was sitting next to my kid. And finally my kid was like, mommy, you stink. And I had just gotten out of the shower and I was like, all right, something's up. Because if my kid can tell me I'm, my vagina stinks without knowing it's my vagina, there's a problem. <clears throat> so I text Rowan. I was like, hey, so I smell really rancid from my nether regions. And I asked if I could come in. And I had a, um, uh, I'm going to use the word decaying. I don't know what the proper terms would be, but my body was rejecting my stitches. So that was fun. And we didn't get all of them because they were very sensitive but I think hopefully tomorrow we get all of them because I am over it it feels like something's pulling even like I'm taking Epsom salt baths twice a day I'm still using the sit spray on it just for like cooling and um it's not like infected the smell has gotten a lot better like it doesn't like, and I'm no longer bleeding, which is fantastic. I think that those two things together really played a big part um, in, in whatever was happening. But now it's more along the lines of like, cool. It, I don't want to say throbbing or pulse pulsing, but it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like super pressure. All right. Thank you super pressure for a bit and it's just like and then it'll stop and then it'll be like pressure for a bit again it's like and then it'll stop and it's like usually when I'm sitting in bed at you know midnight or 3 a.m nursing my newborn and that's always fun and uncomfortable on your nipples and then your vagina is hurting and it's like this whole snowball of uncomfortableness and you're just like man look how cute this baby is so that 
is, is a thing. But yeah, if you have a funky vagina like I did, totally speak up about it because it's better to check and make sure that you don't have an infection, which was what I was freaking out about. And I learned that my uh, third degree tears were probably closer to fourth degree tears. And I, I was just telling myself after I went to see you, Rowan, last week was, I wonder if that means next baby I'll have vaginal reconstructive surgery and, and, and have it actually fixed. I don't know how they fix that. What if I tear even worse next time? Like, that's a huge concern. Because I really, honestly, loved having natural birth this round. It was awesome. So um, I, would like, I would like to make that happen again if possible and hopefully that I don't tear so intensely <clears throat> so that's oh also we took a picture so that I could see the tears and and the stitches and I made my husband's like really like like queasy I made him look at him and he was like oh so that was that was a good laugh um, that's all I've got When somebody says, you know, that their vagina smells or something's going on like that, the first question we always ask is, um, as a provider level, and I'm just throwing this out for people who are listening later, is that, do you have a temperature, right? Because sometimes there's something called retained membranes where parts of the amniotic sac get stuck in the, or they just don't come out of the uterus and they'll come out later, but that will start to like kind of rot and smell terrible. So that will cause, you know, that, and then also be, um, you'll start running a fever. So those are the things we kind of look for, or you'll have a, or somebody can have a uterine infection. So the fever and the tenderness and the smell, those are three, three things that kind of like start running through our mind. And then when Maggie came in and we looked at them, we had the trim, there were long kind of like um, threads, like there was a knot and there was kind of long threads. And so we trimmed the threads, but as somebody who's done repairs and stitches, like that's arguably the hardest part of my job. So I didn't think the repair was done poorly. It was just that the, the little tie-off threads were a little bit longer, and that was irritating. And not everybody's body deals well with the stitch material, and mostly what happens is that it'll start to dissolve and then they'll fall out by themselves. Vaginal tissue likes itself, and so if it approximates, if the two edges of the tear come together well, and you just use your stitches to hold the tissue in place, it will start to glom onto itself and like like itself and then start to heal pretty quickly. So that's what definitely what I saw with Maggie, but um, also the, the stitches had just not released in a way that I could pull them out without cutting them. So I think that's on this week's project. So Keisha, you want to tell us how your uh, body is responding? Do you have stitches or what's going on there? If you want to share about that, and if you don't, that's okay. I'll just edit this question out and we can talk about whatever you want to. Hey y'all, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk, after birth style. Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.preggers.rocks. And we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. No, I, I think I have stitches. I'm, I'm actually not quite sure. They didn't necessarily specify what I have. But I think that I have, like, little tape things. I have, like, little tape. Um, I don't know what's underneath it um, or what they use for the other two layers. But um, it's actually going pretty well. Um, I don't really notice that it's there. I don't really notice that it's there now. Like I don't take any of the pain medication anymore. Also, oh yeah, I know what I, they literally just, um, gave me like the basic cesarean birth, like package, like a pills, like prescriptions and like told me to go. And they didn't really explain anything to me, which is also my bad for like not reading it, but they were just like, this is your ibuprofen. 
Um, this is like kind of like ibuprofen, but it's just like it's a little bit stronger. So if your pain is pretty bad, you can take one of these. And so in my head, I'm thinking like it's just a stronger dose of ibuprofen. And like I take it and in the middle of the night, I'm just like laying there staring off into the dark for like 30 minutes. And then I'm like, oh crap, I'm high right now. And like, I'm like looking around. I'm like, whoa, what did I take? And like, I go to look at it and it's, it's like, uh, whatever it's like a less strong version of codeine and it's a freaking narcotic and I'm like Googling it. And then I'm like breastfeeding. I'm like, why would they even prescribe me that when they know that I'm breastfeeding? That's ridiculous. And then it's like not recommended if you're breastfeeding. And they told me to take it, which ticked me off. I was like, somebody's getting cussed out tomorrow. But instead, I decided to be a grown-up and I'm not doing any of that. In my head, I did, but not really. But that ticked me off. But now I don't, like, I don't have to take any of them. Like, not even the ibuprofen. I just wear that little... The faja, I don't know how do you say it in English. Like a fa, like it's like a wrap thing, and um, I just keep going with that. And so I don't know when the things are supposed to fall off, but the scar looks pretty good. It doesn't look like treacherous or anything. It just kind of looks like a line. And so I mean, it's doing pretty well. It doesn't hurt me. Right on, right on. Okay, and are you still going easy with yourself? Because this is the other thing, because you're kind of young and independent. Independent, put your hands up at me. So uh, are you, what are you doing as far as getting help postpartum-wise? And Maggie, what are you doing for getting help for postpartum-wise? Well, um, yeah, I'm still taking it easy. So I'm not driving or not just like out here, just doing everything. Um, I. Um, like my help is my, my grandma's here. Um, I don't really have to move around a lot. Um, like maybe I'll go like make myself a hot pocket or she'll just ask me if I want food. Uh, my mom was here, but the boundary issue is a big deal considering like I'm breastfeeding. So that kind of came to a halt, but my grandma's here. So that's okay. Um, I, I get a lot of help, like, especially, like, driving this week to my appointments and stuff like that. Uh, so that's pretty much what it is. But other than that, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, I do get up and I walk, like, to the kitchen. I can walk around, but it's not like I'm out here, like, walking miles and stuff like that. Can you elaborate on what you mean by your boundary with your mom? Yeah, so, um, my mom, uh, is a great person, um, but it's very, very hard to, it's hard for, well, first of all, wait a minute, let me move the baby around, um, it's hard for me to, uh, set boundaries because I um of childhood trauma uh so I'm like adopted and I got adopted at like 13 um hold on let me get this let me hold on okay we're back I think. Okay, so um, I have like a very odd relationship with her, um, but I try, I do like a lot of people pleasing and like some like ther therapy wise, like that's my goal. Like my whole pregnancy was like, okay, now you got to start like setting boundaries and um, not people pleasing. So my mom does a lot of, uh, everything goes through her. Like, um, because I don't know, I don't think that she feels like I'm capable of being a mom um, the way that she wants me to be a mom. So uh, she, 
she'll just make sure she'll let me, she just makes sure she lets me know that I'm not doing it the way that she wants it to be done. Um, or uh, I might be like bonding with my baby, doing like skin to skin and her and her husband will just like walk in my house uh, without knocking and they won't give the key back. Um, or walk in my room and I'm just like breast out. There's the stepdad. I, I never lived with the stepdad. She married him after I grad, like I was in college and stuff like that. So I'm just like, hey, I want to be alone. But like I will say, hey, like um, you coming in like that, like it makes me feel really uncomfortable. And I would just appreciate if you say, hey, like, um, do you want to visit her right now? But um, she doesn't feel like she has to do that because she's the adult and I'm the child. But I'm 24. And she pays none of my bills at all. But um, so it's like really, really difficult. It gives me a lot of anxiety to even think about like speaking up for myself because I feel like I'm being disrespectful. But at the same time, my mother is also very disrespectful with boundaries. Um, like even beforehand when I was pregnant, I would tell her what is kind of going down. Like, hey, this is like kind of what's going down. I'm like, this is... Rowan's number, this is Kathleen's number, this is the birth center's number, and this is how labor will be. And she, I gave her all of the answers that she wanted to know. And then she still proceeded to call up to the birthing center and try to get information about my pregnancy. When, and then she accidentally told them my name. She was like, well, I'm Keisha's mom. And then she was like, oh crap. Well now, are you guys gonna tell her that I called? Why, like, just stuff like that, it's, it's, I don't know. I, wow, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I think what, what has happened is that a lot of my mom's friends have younger daughters who's who've had babies and uh, they just kind of come and drop them off at the grandma's house and then they keep going and living like the their life and she it's like she prepared for me to do that rather than prepared for me to be a good mom so it hurts my feelings because um, I think like it's like she's waiting for me to mess up so that she can come in and scoot out. Um, so, and, and when I exert a boundary, um, literally my major psychology and I'm like messed up in my head, but it's like um, every single time I think, hey, this makes me feel uncomfortable. You're overreacting. You don't like, not validating any feelings whatsoever. I'm just going to negate all of your feelings. You're overreacting and you shouldn't act like that. And you don't deserve to feel the way you feel, basically. And then um, it's, uh, she'll do all of that. And I say, hey, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, I do this because I love you. That's not love. Like, and then like, I'm older now and I've gone through like a lot of therapy. So I like before I wasn't able to say, Hey, like, that's not love to me. Like, but I didn't know what love was. So when she's telling you this, it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. So I am overreacting. And then you don't get to develop like feelings. But now, um, since my son's here, I decided to like, I'm not going to be bossed around anymore, like walked all over, uh, because I'm easily manipulated. Um, and now when I exert my boundaries, it's, I'm disrespectful and I am, what is the word that she used? You're being a bit abrasive since you've had the baby. And I know, and I literally told her, I said, mom, I'm just exerting a boundary. It is not disrespectful to tell you that something makes me uncomfortable. And when I say no, that means no. Um, and, and when I say yes, it means yes. I said, that's pretty much it. It's not really an argument. Um, I'm just letting you know that in my house, it's not disrespectful to exert boundaries. And please don't 
respond to my message about anything that has to do with mental health because this has nothing to do with mental health and you're not going to trick me and say that I'm depressed because I'm exerting a boundary. And she said, well, I'm not going to negate the fact that postpartum depression is real. And I'm not saying you have it, but you have been a bit abrasive and standoffish. So maybe you need to go talk to your counselor two times a week. That's manipulation. And that is not okay. <laughs> that is not okay. And like, but I'm doing better. I'm doing better at recognizing um, manipulation, even if it comes from loved ones and um, just being okay. Cause I didn't realize that people were taught how to set boundaries and like my whole entire life, I've just been struggling because I never learned how to do it because of trauma. So I'm like, I'm doing pretty good. And then I tell my son, I'm like, speak your mind. And they're like, he's crying. I'm like, no, he's yelling at you. He's speaking his, he's speaking his mind. <laughs> so I'm doing better. I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because um, I didn't realize how hard it would be to exert boundaries for somebody who's never done it and they're 24. So I'm doing better though. So it took me until I was in my 30s to realize what boundaries are. So you're way ahead of schedule. Um, I still, to this day, have to establish boundaries, like most recently. Um, asking my mom to leave my house after she drove down here and basically made me feel like me still being pregnant was a very big inconvenience for her. Um, you're doing fine. It's still nice to have a mom's support around. Even it's a it's totally this is this is the wrong answer I'm giving you, by the way. It's still nice to have an abusive mother around because it's still a mom. Um, that's the wrong answer. That's not the right answer at all. But I I feel where you're coming from and I hear you and you being aware of all these things is like 10 steps ahead of most people. So keep, keep, it's hard. And setting boundaries is really, really difficult and it takes time. And it's really hard when, when sometimes like, there's a difference between setting a boundary and reacting. That was what I've learned because I used to always just react. So if you, um, are maintaining your cool and it's totally fine to react sometimes but if you're still maintaining your cool like that's major major kudos to you lady i realize that my daughter um boundaries weren't her strongest thing so I spent a lot of time working with her on her boundaries and having her set boundaries and yesterday or the day before she set a boundary the other day with me and she was all shitty about it and snotty and even though she was shitty and snotty I was like good for you <laughs> having your little boundary she was clearly wrong because I'm the mother but I did not say that <laughs> I was like, you just you just go with your little boundary and even when she was all snotty and like yeah I was like you know this is my job as the mom to bring things up and she was like mm. You know, um, it's about renaming one, a brand that she has. I'm like, that might be considered a little bit like Confederate supportive. And she's like, well, hey. and I was like, okay, well, I'm the mom. I have to bring these things up. But she like laid her boundary down. Good for her. So, Bev, what do you, do you have anything to say about boundaries, Bev? Um, yes. <laughs> boundaries is something that I have struggled with so hard. Um, and I really felt when I heard you say, you know, that your mom said, I do this because I love you, I just physically wanted to throw up because I have heard that so many times and it's just disgusting. And um, I'm, I'm sorry that you're having to deal with that because like I, the first time that I ever set like a real boundary with my mom and followed through, you know, with what I was saying, 
I ended up not talking to her for like, I think it was like four or five months um, of not talking to her and not letting her around my kids because I think it, I, I think most of it had to do with she didn't agree with the way I was disciplining my children. And um, I grew up in a household where, you know, spanking was like a really big thing. And she started telling me that I needed to be spanking my kids and, and it resulted in us not talking for months. And then finally she said, she apologized and she said, I'll stay out of your business. And, you know, if it's either I don't talk to you or, um, or I stay out of your business, then I'll stay out of your business. And, but it was really hard and, you know, not having, whether, even having an abusive mom, not having your mom around fucking sucks, right? So it's just, it's rough. And especially right after having a baby, that's not the time that you should be worried about that stuff. But that's when a lot of stuff gets brought up because, um, I don't know. I, I, I think that my mom, <clears throat> I had my first baby when I was 19. And I think my mom was putting a lot of herself into my situation. I don't know how to like, you know, put that <clears throat> in the right words. But uh, I think she was trying to like, make me see all the mistakes that could be as a mother and like, please avoid all these things. I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but she put way too much on me. And, um, but I think that like everything that you explained, you did amazing at standing up for yourself. And especially for someone who comes from that background, like I completely understand that. And, um, you sounds like you said everything you, you, Sounds like you said everything I should have said to my mom a long, long time ago. So, um, yeah, that's it. Thank you. I think, <clears throat> I think like, um, I think maybe it needs to be talked about more. Like, so it's like not like as taboo. Like, um, I think there's a lot of, like, um, toxic traits, like, between, like, I, I don't know, like, mom, moms and daughters, like, moms and children, so parents and children, and, uh, like, a lot of things that I was taught, well, because I was, like, 13, so when I came from, like, my other family, um, I, I was 13. I wasn't like, I was like bounced from foster home to foster home. Like I was really just like living with my family one day. And then one day I was just like in foster care. So, um, like I know my family and <clears throat> like when I changed, like the, the standards of disrespect were like way different. And it was like, as the parent, you can never be disrespectful. And like, as a child, you're like disrespectful all the time. I'm so sorry. My son just like let it rip on the microphone <laughs> and he does not care. But like, I think, I don't know, maybe needs to talk about more because I'm like, oh, this is like toxic. Like now, like I've been, well, I, I go to counseling like once a week and I'm like seeing all of this stuff that I already knew from textbook. Where's the application? I don't know. But like, this, I, I'm just, like, in the middle of conversations, and I'm like, whoa, this is toxic. Like, this is this, this is that, this is that. Why is it like this? I'm like, everybody's a little messed up, and you will not be. I'm just really glad that I'm a grown-up, because, like, every single time something, like, would be like that, like, how you said, like, uh, like, you felt like your mom was trying to, like, make you see every possible mistake you could have, and be like, yeah, this is everything you could do. Don't do it. And if I'm like, yeah, but like, what if I do? I like, what if I mess up? Cause I've been messing up. She'd be like, oh wow. Like, um, need to go on medicine. And so like every, all of us, like all four of us are adopted, super medicated. Like everybody be walking around the house, like 
should take your vivans today you're acting a little wild like you know you even like laugh a little bit it's like did you take your medicine today did you take your adderall like did you take your depakote and nobody was normal like everybody was a zombie everybody was on medication besides my mom super toxic i don't know it's crazy but i just think we should talk about it more so that way like you don't get like this big anxiety rush like you're fighting a lion or you feel like your mom is going to take away your kid or because she has more education than you and she's smarter than you and then she works for cps and she can prove that i'm not a good mom even though none of that is true it's like all of that stuff goes through my head if i even disrespect my mom because she's so educated but Oh, well. Dr. B, you got anything on that? Like, I don't think people are taught boundaries. I think we're taught not to set boundaries. And... I think probably because a lot of us are fucked up and traumatized or which is like, don't do a lot of personal work and don't do a lot of therapy and therapy, you know, is not available to everybody. Like it's not in the budget or they don't have insurance or, and it takes time. Like in like therapy, you kind of go every week or every other week. So, um, and in therapy, like if you have a good therapist, they're going to be like, yeah, set a boundary. And then when that, like blows up we have to be a good therapist to be like we kind of saw this coming you know like it, there's a whole process of like oh I said no and then they said no no and then you're like oh just kidding you know and like having that a whole process and just watching someone grow that's hard to do on your own if you don't have a mom like you know my sister is a great mom to Rose and has taught her boundaries um, but it's not been easy and she's got a backbone when Rose like pushes back and says something shitty Rowan's like okay you know or she's a redheaded Leo so this kind of goes either way um, but as a parent you know like she'll be like oh yeah sure of course you're gonna push back and you know be real detached or it's part of the process and as a therapist we have to do the same thing and so if you don't have that in your life where do you learn that you know, and I think it's easier now because there's YouTube and there's Google and there's Facebook, but you know, I'm old, I'm 44. There's no internet when I was a kid. We had Encyclopedia Britannica's, okay? Um, so we had to learn things from, you know, family or Encyclopedia Britannica. There is, I, I wonder if boundaries in there actually, but so I think anybody who does boundary work, it's usually not received well. And so like we need a, a, a collective of people. And so this group being online, like we're going to be here be like, yes, get it. No is a complete sentence. Yes. Tell her no. Tell her, nope, you got to go. Change the locks. Get a deadbolt. Whatever you got to do, you know, and there will be pushback. And then you can just come here and we'll be like, yeah, you did the deadbolt. Yes, that made her mad. Okay, good. She can go get some friends. Uh-huh. You know, like your kids aren't your friends. We don't have kids to have friends. Obviously, I don't have children, but, you know, we have kids to do the work, to do the legacy piece. So um, I think if your kids, like, think you're the bee's knees all the time, you may not be doing something correctly. So, you know, I think the work that you guys are doing of just setting boundaries and uh, you're right, Maggie, that is the worst advice ever to just keep a toxic person in your life just because you're happy to have them. But I get that, you know, as being part of the dead mom club, like it's complicated. Moms are complicated. Um, so I think like having boundaries and looking at ourselves and just knowing that it's not going to change overnight. We're not going to cure ourselves of our trauma. It's part of our journey this entire life. I have patients tell me, I just want to figure this all out and get better. And I'm like, well, that kind of happens right before you die. So like, let's take our time. It's all part of the journey of this life that you're given to kind of dance with this time. So I think just really doing our best and, and it may not be great. Our best changes every day and just be like, yeah, okay. That was a shit show. That didn't work out very well. Or look at that. Yes. 
you know, especially if that person's upset, then come back here and be like, I did this thing, you know, and be like, yes, you know, and people are going to listen to this later. They can't see like Ron and I were like, you know, like boo and thumbs down and you know, like all sorts of animated stuff going on here. Um, cause we're passionate folk. So, and about medication, like I think when people are on meds, it is another tool in the toolbox. And sometimes people have to be on meds forever and that's fine. And then there's some people who want to be on them temporarily. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a good time to work on other things. If it's not a chemical dysfunction that's biologically gonna be in the brain eternally, then let's utilize that time when you are on medication and really beef up other skills. Um, like journaling, walking, you know, like what are the tools that work for you and know that those tools will break and you will have to get new ones or you'll have to swap out a tool. We can't be mad at the tool. Like, why doesn't this work anymore? Cause we used it up. Just like when we put gas in the gas tank, I can't be mad when I drive all the way to Austin and have to put more gas in the car. Like that's just kind of how that works. Right. So I think whatever works for you today, like just keep working it and start looking for what's going to help you next. Cause you will need something new especially as we evolve and the world evolves or devolves, whatever you want to call it right now. And our COVID, I called somewhere they said the COVID situation. was like a situation that's so kind. <laughs> the COVID fuckery. So there you go. Those are my 28 cents. I, I'd like, Dr. B, can you touch on setting boundaries versus accepting toxic people for who they are? Because that has been, I've been working on boundaries for the last two years. I have lost a lot of friends because I stopped letting people take advantage of me. And I started making friends who I didn't think were going to do those things and ended up doing those things and trying to set gentle boundaries with them. And then boom, buy friendship. Um, so, and it hurts when you lose friends, but it's, better to not keep those toxic people in your life and can can you touch on can you touch on that i think the first thing that i work with people when they're my patients because this helped me is we function out of the four agreements and the four agreements um are we'll just do a review uh shit speak with impeccability so like mean what you say say what you mean um, so you don't have to gossip and you don't have to do a lot of flowery words unless that's just kind of like, maybe you're a poet and that's kind of your jam. Um, but we can be more direct with compassion. Um, and then the second one I think is don't take anything personally, right? So when someone reacts negatively to your boundary and they're like, Oh, I don't like you. You'd be like, I could see that. Right. Because I'm not taking it personally. They're mad because I told them no, or they're mad because I said, don't call me after 10 PM. Like, what happens in their world is not my world, right? It's outside my hula hoop, right? My scope. Um, and then the next one is don't make any assumptions. So I don't have to fill in that gap of like, oh, well, she hates me now, or she's really mad at me because I told her no. Like, I don't know that unless she comes back and says, you know what, I'm really mad at you because you told me no. I'll be like, okay, let's talk about it. Um, and then the last one is just always do your best, which, you know, I said changes every day. Um, and I think about like the way that I got that is because people say, oh, well, if I do my best, that means I can be lazy, right? Like I don't have to show up. No, that's not like not doing your best. So I think about people with the flu um, or even COVID, right? Like their level of functioning is going to be really low. And then when they're healthy and strong, then their level of functioning is high. All of those are their best day to day, right? And sometimes you might have multiple best throughout the day. And so I tell people when you go through those four, I use it like a litmus, like um, since I'm old, like an overhead, you know, we would lay it a little thing and do the math problems and it project on the wall. So like the four agreements, I lay it on top of a conflict or a negotiation or a problem. And then I'm able to look at it like, oh, I took that personally. Let me go fix that. Let me go say, hey, my bad. I took that personally. Let's clarify. Let's talk about that. Um, did you really mean to say that thing that I took as really hurtful? Um, which is difficult to do because then people, if they're not working in the four agreements, it may not go very well. Um, and then when I just kind of go through, like I had a big fat breakup, um, and it went really badly. Um, and I just like held with my four agreements, like, 
I told her what I needed from her. I told her like, this is what I need to be a friend. And then all these other things kind of happened. So I spoke with impeccability. I didn't take anything personally that I know of. I didn't make assumptions to the best of my understanding and I did my best and it still didn't work out. And so when she blew up the world and had this huge reaction, what she thinks of me is none of my business. And what's really important is I don't want to know what that is. So when someone in your family is really mad at you or whatever, and then they go and tell like Aunt Julie, and then Julie calls one and blah, blah, blah. Nope. And they call me like, you want to know what so-and-so said about you? No, I do not. Well, I'm going to click. Like I would hang up if someone kept talking because they didn't hear my no, and that's a hard stop. Side note, in uh, Europe, they don't have a period in their grammar. They call it a hard stop. So hard stop. No, period. <laughs> right? So you can hang up and send them a text and be like, oh, I had to hang up. It sounded like you were going to keep telling me something I didn't want to hear. Right? And if they don't like that, first of all, how would you know? That's the point. And the second of all, like that's, of course, upsetting for people. Um, and so I send them love and compassion and I go on my way. Because what I don't want the four agreements is to be a doormat for people to walk all over me and be like, oh, well, she's doing her best. Nope. So the boundary is like, no, this is what I need, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to like CNN headline news. I'm going to just keep updating you on blah, 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 blah. Being a friend with me is pretty exhausting. Um, but I don't have a lot of friends because I don't have a lot of time for bullshit. Um, and I don't like toxic folk, right? So I have friends. Um, and then some rider dies and not a lot of rider dies, right? So the four agreements, if you haven't read it, um, if you're not a big reader, you can find it on the internet. I think it used to be called like ToltecSecret.com or something like that. It's Don Miguel Ruiz. It's his book. It's not a big book. You usually can find them at half price when we're not in a COVID crisis. Um, you can get them online or you can just read the website um, if you're just more of an abbreviated person. Um, and one of my patients started reading his new book about love. It's like his fifth agreement. I was like, oh, and she says it's more about loving yourself. So I might have to get off my ass and read that. So as far as boundaries, that's what I would do. As far as friendships, how people respond to your boundaries is none of your business, especially if you know yourself well. And this is the best way that you can take care of yourself is tell someone like, you know, and you get stronger. You get a little less like this and we're like, yeah, Mm-hmm. Don't call me after nine. I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Or if you do call me, I'm not going to respond because I've got your shit muted. So like, that's why I didn't call you back for two days because I didn't see your stuff because I muted you because you tend to text me after nine, which we've already talked about. So there you go. Did that answer that, Mags? Yeah. Is, is the don't call after nine a real thing for you? I, yeah. It's, it's my thing. It's yeah. my no, thing. thing. I'm in bed by 8:30. I get up at five. Like, yeah. don't you know? Unless you're in labor, like, don't you know? What are business hours? Like, even make my friends do business hours. Like, nine to five is when you can connect with me, unless something is going down. Like, Keisha in the middle of the night, or you, Maggie, in the middle of the night, or like even you when you guys are in labor. Like, that's okay. Or if you're concerned about something, that's okay. That's critical. Otherwise, business hours. Because I'm over here creating my, you know, domain, doing whatever, or working out, or goofing off with the dog. Like, don't text me after 8.30 unless it's really important. So, yeah, that's totally, that's totally a real thing for me. Like, even my daughter's like, oh, sorry, Rowan, it's 9 o'clock. Sorry. Mima is already in her wind-down phase, okay? And, like, unlike most people, Rowan's phone is always on, especially when she's on call. I'm a therapist, so my phone never rings. It only vibrates. So if it goes off at 2 a.m., I'm not going to hear it because I'm asleep. Whereas a midwife, you know, they don't have that luxury of having their phone completely silent. So don't call Rowan after 8.45, okay? You can text her at 7, though, because she's up. I think that um, a big part of setting boundaries and not accepting people for their toxic selves is a huge, it's a huge hurdle when you're learning to set boundaries. And I feel like once you can get past that, I don't need these toxic people in my life and I'm okay by myself and I'm okay to be alone. And it's, 
and these feelings of sadness will go away or these feelings of loneliness will go away. Like once you can get past those and recognize it, man, it's so fucking empowering. So yeah, I've yeah, done a lot of boundary work over the last two years. I'll, I'll, I'll fuck ton of boundary work over the last two years. And if you have toxic people in your life, you can't have non-toxic people come to you because A, they don't want to be around those toxic fuckers and B, we have to create a vacuum, you know, like we have to make space for them to show up. So um, being afraid to let go of toxic people because you will be alone or whatever, like actually seals the deal on being alone because you're with toxic gaslighting people. So if you kind of let them go and it's scary and it doesn't end, you know, pretty quickly, but um, usually the rewards do come to you if you just stick with it and keep doing the work. But it's not an easy journey. As we can see, there are more toxic folk than there are non-toxic. That's why we stay together. I think I just now realized that just like really quick, like, there are more toxic people than non-toxic people and I think that it's it is so mind-blowing in my head it is literally mind-blowing because I just start thinking deeply and I'm like whoa everybody's everybody's pretty messed up like that's crazy like we're all out here messed up not just me so I just think that like, like so crazy but like now it's not as taboo to like be like hey like look I'm struggling but I was like, everybody's always been pretty messed up. Just nobody said anything. And now people do. So I think that's pretty cool. If you follow uh, Dr. Blythe's Facebook and Instagram page, like I'll send her like funny things that people say, my therapist said, you know, and then she'll repost them. But one person said, um, I guess it was like a Zoomer or millennial meme. And it said, like boomers, if they go to therapy, they don't talk about it. And well, nobody ever says anything about Gen X, but, um, but like Zoomers or millennials would be like, and then my therapist said, and then everybody else takes a pencil. They're like, that's three free therapy. You know, like if my friend went to therapy and their therapist said this, Hey, you know, like that's free therapy. So they want to talk about it. Guess what my therapist said. So, um, which is different from like years and years ago when people like went to therapy and didn't talk about it very much. So here we are. And I always think that everybody's working out something because I think um, in my belief system, we all, you know, folks have incarnated onto earth to work something out. Otherwise we would have incarnated onto some blissful planet or underwater sea haven or some shit. But anyway, we're on earth. And, uh, and I kind of, in my belief system, if you're on earth, it's because you're working something out. So, okay, this is, this is the planet to get some shit done and some interpersonal development. And uh, folks can, you know, sign up and do that work where they can uh, not, but I'm here to work and I'm going to do it. And, it's interesting when you start, when I say when, when we start working on ourselves, I call it the vibe tribe, which is not my own words, but you uh, either vibrate together or you vibrate away, right? So we vibrate up or out. So, and I think that's, we'll start seeing that more and more. So we're seeing a lot of vibrating out. Okay. Well, we're at 12 o'clock and um, I'm a little. I was going to say one, one more thing. There's like multiple and not, a, there's like, the traditional uh, or non-traditional types of therapy and then there's you know physical therapy uh so how I started learning that I needed to set boundaries I was actually going to acupuncture yep I'm doing some spiritual work so there's like many different ways of like getting your mind to start re retraining your mind to start setting boundaries and taking care of yourself first That's the truth. Okay. Well, that's it for today. I think I'm going to call this episode Stinky Stitches and uh, let's see, Stinky Stitches, Mother-Daughter Boundaries while doing our best. So, but we're starting with Stinky Stitches because that's, that's good. We haven't really talked about that. We've talked about boundaries on this group in the past too, Keisha. So if you want to look at uh, past episodes, you can see that we've talked about boundaries and it should be in the, um, in the title. And we've had like almost 40 listens to last week's episode, which is a big jump from what we normally do of our like four. So go us. 
So, oh, we lost Bev, but I love Bev and I'm glad she was here. So let's unmute ourselves. We'll tell each other that we love each other and we'll see you next week. And hopefully we'll get uh, Adila's, we'll get Mama D's birth story because that'd be fun to hear because she had a home birth. Yeah. So, okay. Love you guys. Love Have a good guys. day. Love, love you. you guys. Bye. See you next week. Yeah. See ya. Oh, thank you.